0: Like, I guess like um not really necessarily even world building for that third question, but in terms of like number four, like so would you say you start more with uh fantasy or romance? Or like like so where where do you exactly where do you start with this first story for Shadow Twilight? Like, did you start with the paranormal, um, the fantasy side, or did you just start with a character idea and then think how am I going to? put them into this, you know, this fantasy setting, uh, where exactly did you start with the writing process there?
1: Right. Um, yeah. I think that's a really good question because as we were just saying, Amelia was my first thought my main character, she was my first initial breakthrough when it came to like, oh, I kind of want to write a werewolf story. Like I want to write a werewolf book. Amelia was my first thought, you know, who did I want her to be? <clears throat> You know, I didn't want her to be some meek child. Like I didn't want her to be powerless ever. Um, I didn't want to start her off that way. I wanted her to always be, you know, sure of herself. She knew who she was. And, some, and, and not everyone may be like that, but there are some people in the world who do, who are sure of themselves and yeah, who yeah, are, yeah. you know, independent. And, but also she is independent to her core, but she's also not afraid to lean on those around her. Like she has her twin brother, Damon, who has always been by her side. She has her dad, you know, she has her pack and that's a family, you know, a pack dynamic is very tight and there are those relationships where they're just instinctual almost. So I knew who Amelia was. I knew who I wanted her to be and she was my very first thought. But then when I thought of Amelia, I was like, okay, But I don't. I love the mates part, and I like the faded part. Like I like destiny, kind of bringing two people together. That's one of the my main things I love to read about. I love, you know, how the two characters can kind of find each other, and they were meant to. But I don't like the stereotype of it, where it's like expected. Um. So I wanted it to be almost. So then that's where I thought of like the origin story, the fantasy side of it. Where did they come from? Where did werewolves come from? Who? who did they begin with because there's always an origin story to any to any fairy tale to any yeah. any fantasy story and even you know sci-fi um so i really that's when i really thought of you know you have the typical moon goddess for most werewolf stories and i was like okay i can do that but i don't want it to be like poof there's werewolves yeah. like there has to be i so I created the moon goddess and my original werewolf first mated pair. Mm-hmm. And the where, you know, the goddess saw this mated pair and was like, wow, this love is something special. And it's something, you know, almost like she desired herself as a goddess and looking from above and looking from you know outside in. And she rewarded them and made them werewolves and gave her her tribe. You know created a pack the first pack so that's kind of how I went from there and you know she gifted them because she saw that their love was just it wasn't some it was a one in a million so that's kind of where I went from and then I carried that on in shadow of twilight whereas okay now we're in you know 2020 or I guess 2019 when I started writing yeah. um feels like you know, we're so we're now in present day and it's like okay they know their origin story but now it's more of like a myth mates aren't really a thing it's not like you oh I see someone in me like that's not really a thing um not to say it hasn't happened it's it's like once in a generation type thing so it's not really believed like oh you know Amelia's just gonna walk out and find a stranger and be mated she doesn't believe in that she doesn't believe in true love she doesn't believe she doesn't want to be tied down she wants to go do her own thing she's not yeah she's the daughter of an alpha but she her brother is supposed to take over so she's like you can have that responsibility i'm going to go and travel like she she has her goals but fate kicks her in the butt and she literally does meet this guy and she's like fudge life like no this is not what i had planned so that's kind of where shadows twilight starts is okay. She needs this guy. Her plans are completely derailed. How do you handle that? Like what, this is not what you had planned for yourself, not necessarily what you want, but rather than fight it and, and, you know, and refuse it. Well, let's see where things could go. Obviously, you know, as a pack, you do believe in certain things and you have certain expectations and you're raised a certain way to, know with these stories with these backgrounds and so okay so let's obviously this happened for a reason let's find out why and that's kind of where Amelia starts her journey
0: Hmm. Hmm. I always always find it interesting to ask people where they started with uh, Mm -hmm.
2: their concepts
1: um yeah for me it was a bit of a mix like I, I really did start with Amelia but then the the whole origins and and the the world building and the fantasy part of it really just kind of went tooth and nail. Like it just kind of all grew at once. And honestly, it's kind of funny because Amelia who's you know, my main character, her mate, Gabriel was really like almost like a side piece for me. Like he wasn't even like my main focus. It was really just like, I really wanted to focus on this girl, Mm -hmm. this, this woman, you know, you know, becoming a woman and finding out who she is, Amidst, you know amongst a situation she never thought she'd be in yeah, yeah. so that's really what I wanted to do hmm.
0: yeah it's very, it's very interesting um and I like how you explained it too I just because my friend and I were talking to David he was like we him and I both we're not big vampire guys um uh, mm-hmm. we really like werewolves though and right um we were discussing you know like werewolf stories that we liked and didn't like and um
1: Honestly, there's really not a whole lot of them out there, to be honest. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I feel like with a lot of the werewolves, you know, there, there is the stereotype of the smut and granted, yes, I did put some smut in there. They're werewolves, they're, they're predatory, they're, you know, it is what it is, but there is that stereotype when it comes to werewolf. I feel like in my world in my, what I've seen is it's mostly like the sex part, whereas I didn't want it to just be. I'm all for having sex in a book but there has to be a reason for it like I can't just read to read sex like it has to have there has to be a reason behind it there has to be you know it has to follow a storyline so that's you know yeah I feel like there's not a whole lot of werewolf books out there and not a whole lot of good ones out there um and the ones that are out there again have that stereotype kind of stuck to them.
0: Yeah. yeah, And I have to say, like, I guess it wasn't necessarily the werewolf part or paranormal romance or anything. I think for me with like the Mercy Thompson, Thompson books for a long time was like, I just wasn't a big fan of the covers because I kind of found them kind of personally smutty. Uh, and I was just like, uh, and I just I don't know. And I had hadn't really read the backbone. So I was just like, uh, that doesn't really seem like my thing. Um, but then when my friend was like, no, like, you should really read this book. Uh, and I was really glad I did because Moon Called was like one of my favorite books that, like, that I've read. Uh, mm-hmm. And I liked how she did the werewolves and I liked how she did the romance. And I liked how she did those things. It was a lot like how, like the reasons I like Mercy Thompson, the character and her characters a lot more. Sorry if people are going to um, raise me on the channel for this, but then Harry Dresden even, and those characters, I just right. you know, like Mercy a lot more and I like her. I like Briggs writing a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was just something about, I guess maybe it was like there was other, you know, <laughs> books and movies and things that we had watched or read that werewolves were a secondary character. And, right. You know, I got, kind of got, I guess I don't want to, I guess I kind of want to say twilighted. Um yeah. And we were, I was just like, oh. Blood and I
1: just, Ash is a perfect example. They do yeah. the same thing. It's, it's yeah. mostly the fires and then the werewolves are secondary. For
0: yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. And I think I don't like that. I like, we were talking, we're like, I think we like more, where werewolves are central and I like seeing how different people like yourself handle the pack, you know, handle the tropes. And, you know, like I come for the tropes and I come to see what you're going to do with them, what you're going to change their relationships. I like hearing, you know, like with your moon goddess, like that kind of thing. I like the histories, the different backstories. I like seeing how everybody does the same type of trope, but does it differently with their own flavor. So to me, that, that just makes your book that much more, more interesting. Um, and I feel like a lot of people will feel the same way, you know, who enjoy werewolves, but yeah, I do. I agree. I think they're just haven't been done very well um, mm-hmm. in a lot of areas. And I do think, I, I think you're right. I think that there's a huge gap and I think that they could be done really, really well, but I think a lot. Yeah. Of
1: and like you mentioned, you're totally right. Werewolves. in Most stories are secondary. They're really not at the forefront. And there is a big, you know, opening for people to write more werewolf books, you know, no matter how they want to write them whether there's yeah. money whether they're, they're ya however you want to do it um but yeah you're totally right about that front that's like i think the 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 big trend right now is Faye. like that's really yeah yeah and i'm kind of like prominent right now
2: yeah i'm kind of like okay and now
1: it's, it's it's almost to the point where it's getting overdone yeah. i mean i still enjoy it i don't get me wrong oh, a yeah. books covering my bookshelves right now but i still love my witch books i still love you know yeah. Got a couple vampire not a whole lot um magic is mostly my thing I love like magic um magical kingdoms and that sort of stuff yeah. but yeah Faye is kind of prominent in the world right now but yeah werewolf is definitely um not a high not high on the list for sure yeah.
0: which is so interesting because I'm like like you look at the historical aspects and there's just I don't know. There's just like there's so many things that Mercy Thompson, like like Briggs did, where I'm like, she really like I felt like she didn't trope a lot. Like she did at first on purpose, but then she flipped the trope on the head and then she did the whole thing. And I was like, God, that's so cool. And you know, I've seen people do that with Faye. Um, like Kevin Hearn did that with Faye, and where you're like, oh wow, that was I thought it was just the like typical Faye. Granted, his books are older now. Um, I think now Faye are coming back around again, um, right? which also goes to show, you know, goes to show everybody that, you know, all these things come back again. I'm sure, you know, vampires haven't really left, I think, but they haven't been as prominent, but I think they'll come back. Right. But vampires, another one too, where like, I have this one vampire that I'd love to do. And, um, I kind of wanted to be like a villain and the whole time you think he's a villain and there's like, kind of like Hellboy where they got the new guy coming in and I want like a new human to come in. And then you like he like the, like for a, a, like a good part of the beginning of the book. So you don't lose the audience is like, cause everybody needs to be redeemable. Right. I want right. the vampire to look like the vampire Lord to look like he's just a total a-hole. But then when the human discovers that he's actually not an a-hole and instead right. of people, he's releasing them and helping them. Right. And kind of like an under, like kind of like an underground railroad scenario where he's like <laughs> in the vampire world. And yeah. then they have to like, kind of go on the run, you know, and you're like, but then you like, you're like, wait, all of these scenarios that you thought he was eating people and killing people, he was actually saving them. So nobody knew. And I'm like, I I like those kinds of stories where people do with vampires where it's like, like I, I like tropes, but I also like when people do new things. Um, And like some people have done different things. Like I have elves in my fantasy world where it's like, they're like half plant, half elf. And that's why they're really into nature. Uh, And they have some sort of like, that's why they have druidic powers is because they're like half plant um like they have like chloroplast skin and stuff and they don't really like need to eat anything um other right. like, water and sunlight and stuff but I don't know I just I like how you how you do your werewolves to me that just sounds more interesting so
2: yeah
0: you atypical he just takes his shirt off and <sighs> runs around furry like oh I'm like come on you have such a cool concept for a character and like some people I'm just like oh and it's not just werewolves it's like vampires too and you know, like Some I get the whole sex so well. appeal
1: to you know to sex it up, but it's also like again, this is where I kind of go back into like it just has to be realistic for me. And I just I agree, don't yeah. I don't see that happening. And I'm not saying like a six-six strapping man couldn't be our werewolf, yeah. but not all of them need to look like that. Like yeah. or not all of it's just again the stereotypes we come into. yeah yeah. don't get me wrong my guy my main character gabriel you know he's i have some of it but it's also like i don't want it to be just about i didn't i wasn't trying to focus solely on the looks i wasn't trying to be like oh because he's a werewolf he has to have this You know, he has to have you know this gruff look or he has to be just completely ripped okay but what if he's thinner what if he's not as built what if he's Like, you know, what if he's got all these other, you know, hobbies or backgrounds or what if he's just, yeah, I wanted to make it more realistic. I just, I need that realism because it is set in present day. It's not in its own world. It doesn't have its own, you know, its own, its own world. it's, It's in present day. It's in upstate New York. It's in Massachusetts. We're in Boston. Like it's in now. So it just has to have that. And I think that's where a lot of, and that's you know, one thing about fantasy is you can create your own rules. You can make your own, there are almost, almost no limits to fantasy within reason. It has to make sense, of course. But you literally, you are your own master. You can do whatever you want. Um, but because I said it in present day, there are expectations. There are, there are limits within present day as far as you know, personality you know, even politics, you know, you know, woman versus man, like there are certain expectations, you know, she is not a meek female, you know, who is going to bow to this man. She's like, no, we're in the 21st century. Fuck you. I'm not doing that. Like (laughs) how very women are today. So it's like, you know, I had to follow, I did have to work in within those guidelines, but I set those guidelines for myself for a reason, because I feel like that's more relatable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't, don't think you get a lot of women who are want to read, a, like, a female character. I know I don't want to. Who's just Yeah. Me? Yeah, I bow down to you. I'm like... like right. I like and it's Mercy a total like, turn-off. Yeah, I like Mercy. It's it's a total like,
1: turn-off. And that's yeah. what I think a lot of, like, like, a lot of the books that I found, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's some spectacular books on Wattpad and on the Dream app and things like that um, that are really good. But then there's so many. It's so saturated with just, like, your first chapter, and you're just like, Oh, it's another one of those no thank you yeah, yeah. <laughs> i it just it's so overdone some of it yeah, and it which is i think does make the whole werewolf universe hard to pick up because it's been and i don't want to say butchered because i don't think it is i think there is hope for werewolves but it has been done a disservice in some ways for I sure I think
0: I've neglected like yes, I don't know if you want to call it world, I guess it, I, think. I think
1: there's so much potential there. It's just yeah, not yeah. being taken.
0: I think it's world building neglect personally. Because yes. like, okay, like for instance, like aliens, all right. Or orcs, orcs, let's say, right? Huh? Why is it that every single orc looks the exact same? There's no different quality, like they're just right. all the same. And I don't do that. I'm like, okay, here's this, you know, it's like a person, right? Like I just I mix up a lot. Like maybe some have. Even like my elves, right? They don't—they're not just a mold. Like some have really, really light skin, green. Some right. have really dark. You know, some are olive. You know, it's like there's different hair, and you know, it's like I—that stuff just drives me nuts. I'm like, that's a lack of role building, and for me, a lot of it, for a lot I of, I think world that's world just world.
1: lazy writing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just—I'm like, seriously, I'm like you. And can, I don't
1: want to like call out someone, but it's like you really couldn't think of anything else.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess maybe. Some people are lazy.
1: And some people do just want that yeah, quick read and that yeah, typical, yeah. you know, like that that mold that's yeah, yeah. And, and I can understand that and I can appreciate that. There are plenty of books out there where I'm just like, I already know how this is gonna end, but I just need a mindless read at the moment. Yeah, and yeah, those yeah. are fine. We all have need those sometimes. And I'm not saying they're not good books, but yeah, it does it does kind of hurt like a species or you know, a, a certain you know book characters like werewolves or, or orcs or elves or yeah, fey yeah. and it's just like where it is that mold does kind of hurt it sometimes yeah yeah
0: yeah. like now every, i feel like no offense not to call anybody up but like every fay now i feel like new face like they're they're devious they're they they just want certain things i'm like i just i don't feel like that's great writing i'm like i want fay that are that's why I like kevin hearn's like they're complicated, they're immortal. And they have these different servants and sort of things, these different machinations. It's like, that actually fits more with their original mythology and history
2: versus
0: just being devious towards humans and wanting to eat them or steal babies or whatever. I'm just like- Well, it's the the same
1: thing as like, you know, when you're taking an old idea and making it new, for like example, like I know I've already brought it up, um, A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass. When I read that book at first, in middle school and high school, I was a huge fan of Holly Black. I loved her face stories. Mm. Like they were one of the first face series I've ever read. And I was, I think like 13 when I first read them. And the book Tith, I felt like was almost like word for word, the last half of The Court of Thorns and Roses. Mm. And I was like reading The Court of Thorns and Roses. And I'm like, does she know Holly Black? Because this is like literally the same story. Mm. And so it's definitely like, I mean granted she did different things but the concept was definitely Holly Black and I was I could appreciate it but I was also kind of feel felt a little jipped. I was like I've read this before yeah. <laughs> like I don't know how this is gonna end so yeah it you're right the face series has kind of um it's getting definitely its own stereotype and it that happens you know especially nowadays when we have all these platforms we have you know kindle unlimited and we have whatpad and people can just post whatever they want and it doesn't necessarily make it good writing
2: yeah yeah. i
1: think that's definitely you know there's definitely a difference um, with what we do kind of have to sift through nowadays
0: yeah well it's like i was a working on this one urban fantasy like i kind of want to do like an avengers assemble sort of thing with like right. a few different trilogies and then do like a own thing with like these different classes and one i had was like a, um like a valkyrie and there was like i was writing separately and like outlining and then somebody came out with like a valkyrie who did very similar things and i was just like okay well that's my bad for not getting my book out there <laughs> you know so yeah uh, but it, I actually liked it because I saw how it worked and what didn't work. And I was like, okay, I was like, I, I like that they did that, but I'm like, I don't like that. And I was like, right. okay. so it kind of helped, but yeah, I was just like, and then I know like Dirk Ashton talked about that with like, he had never read or watched American gods. Um, and then he did. And he was like, wow, this, you know, like he actually changed stuff for Paternus because of that reason is he was like, he had very similar things with like, I think how a few people were either fast traveling or some powers, and he was like, "Ooh!" Like he almost had the same term for it without even knowing, you know. And then he was reading a little bit, and he went and like changed stuff. So I definitely agree with you there. It's like sometimes I like do think you. I've had that happen before too, where I'm like, do "You guys just write the same book and just change a couple."
1: Of things? Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know. Yeah, there
1: are definitely some out there like that. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it kind of brings me back to like my YA book that I started writing when I was 18. It's a YA fantasy. Again, it's set in you know present day, but it's angels and it's mythology. Like I went heavy into mythology because I loved mythology growing up, but I really wanted to do my own take on it. Yeah. So it's got you know separate worlds. Granted, we're still in our world, but there is another world, and so it's got all these elements. And now all these books that are coming out now, and I'm like should have released my book like five years ago (laughs) because this is like really becoming popular right now and so it is like a struggle like I really need to get this done but I've still got this I gotta do and yeah it's funny how it's just really interesting how things can just bam pick up and kind of evolve and I'm really excited to see where the writing community is going to go just because there are so many amazing books that are coming out and have been published and and, you know, indie authors are so much bigger now than they ever have been. And it's really exciting.
0: Yeah. Well, that's why I'm doing this, this uh, channel and yeah. podcast. Cause I'm like, you know, people like yourself, I've had a lot of people where they're like, you know, first trilogy, stuff like that. And I'm like, well, I'm like, where are we going to be at in five years? You know? Yeah. And like, I want everybody to come back and do a year episode anniversary. Where um, they're at. Yeah. You know, just to see it's where they And then do like a two year, I think it'd be cool to do like up to five year. And I think it'd be, cause there are people that I went and met in Arizona with Kevin Hearn. Um, so this is probably like eight years ago. Brandon Sanderson was there. Um, that was right before I would say like, I think that was when Wayne Kings came out. Um, yeah, I knew who he was and stuff, but it was like, he wasn't like as massive as he is today. And right. Patrick Rutherford, like in the name of the wind had just come out. Um, right. And then there were other indie authors. Brian McCullen had his first gunpowder mage book out. Um, you that's know, the one
1: really cool thing is with writing, you never know yeah. what book you write is literally going to take you yeah, off. Yeah, it could yeah. be your first, it could be your 10th, yep. like Jennifer Armentrout. She's been publishing for years. Yep. And I feel like from I never heard of her until from Blood and Ash, which is her most recent series. So it's like, and I've, I've been an avid reader for my entire life. Yeah, so man. it's like, you know, you never really know what book it is. that's going to take you off. Yeah. It's like, it be your first. It could be your twentieth. Like you have no clue. So yeah, it is really, it's really interesting how that works out for some people.
0: Well, it's like I always say on here. You know, like I tell people, like we're not the most popular, you know, show, but like we're always, I always say to people, like you're one click away. You know, like we're one click away. You're one click away. And it really is one on Amazon, right? Like you're one click away from that one day where all of a sudden, like, like Will White, that you know, he just all of a sudden, you know, blew up after like 17 days, you know, they sold a couple hundred copies and then it, it dipped. And then the next thing you know, it just boom, boom, boom. And then- Like
1: Ice Planet Barbarians on TikTok. Yep. It was published, self-published. Yep. She blew up on TikTok and now a, a publishing company picked her up and now she's everywhere, yep. everywhere. Yep. So it, it's really it's amazing how this community can just come together and I don't even just mean authors like just the reading community as well yeah, How they can just lift you up out of nowhere it's really it's it's it's, it's kind of beautiful honestly yeah
0: yeah I, I just think it's cool because like that's how I was trying to that's like well we were talking about first recording you know with people with like one star reviews and people I know they're like right I just quit or whatever and I'm like well if you quit I'm like nobody's ever going to read your books you know yeah
1: it's almost like you're giving that one star what they want like yeah, they don't, exactly. you're you not really writing for them you're writing for you yeah. like that has to kind of come first in my opinion that's just yeah. how I how I write yeah. um you know I'm writing because I believe in my story and yeah. you know even if five people like it out of 100 I'm okay with that like yeah. someone someone's gonna like it somewhere and my book is not for everyone like I said I have a trope in it that isn't the most popular um but it's something that I enjoy and I like to read. So that's what I wanted to write it about.
0: Well, I think another thing too, is like with, you know, George R. R. Martin, like he was what, like almost 30 years in before writing Game of Thrones. I mean, okay. you know, and you look at, um um probably going to butcher his name again, but um Adrian Tchaikovsky and, you know, with Children of Time, it's like, I was listening to him on a couple of, uh, I think it was on Wizards, Wars and Words on my um, recent trip back from Michigan. And it was like, I went back to one of the old episodes with him to re-listen to it, and he said how like you know he had been in publishing and writing books for fifteen years, and he thought I'm going to write one more book, and if that doesn't sell, he's like I'm just going to go get a, like a real like a real job or a <laughs> right? Job. And he did it, and then he wrote Children of Time, bam, you know, and then he's got a publishing contract, oh. you know, and they've done the whole you know trilogy, or whatever's done really well, and it's like. You know, I don't think a lot of people remember that J.K. Rowling was, you know, rejected by you know 12 publishers and was on food, yeah,
2: a lot, for
0: three or four years, you know, and yeah, like if you quit, no one's gonna ever read your book, so
1: and I, you know, and again, that comes back to the mindset of you know today is that we're looking for instant gratification yep. and that's not really what if you, if that's your dream you can't expect instant gratification yeah, yeah. and especially in this you know industry yeah it it, it kind of is a tight niche like you yeah, have yeah. to it's not like a movie and it's not like a tv show that's blasted in your face everywhere it, it's a book you have to go out and find that book
2: yeah yeah, yeah. like so
1: yeah it can be difficult and but it is it is worth it if it's something you believe in and you yeah. really do have to have that perseverance and that, that dedication to it. And even self-publishing, like, I mean, you're, you're your own publicist. Like you have to go out there and you have to put your work out there. So that's a whole nother beast in its own, but it really is. Cause like you said, if you give up, that's it, that's the end of it. No, one's going to fight for you. Like you're going to fight for yourself.
0: Yeah. And then I just think of how many authors I've talked to, like, you know, like, like, you got to think, right, like, there's one author who shall not be named, um, especially with how they treated women um, at different shows and things, so I don't talk about them anymore, but I've mentioned them a couple times, where it was, like, when I had met them at this conference, and, uh, or at this book signing and stuff, and it was, like, you know, they blew up probably, like, three years ago, and got huge publishing contracts, like, started Indie Blew Up, and, you know, there's people like that who, you know, it's, like, you know, you might have to have, you know, like, you look at, like, somebody like Lindsay Broker, and it's, like, she's a personal hero of mine, but just, like, how, you know, she was just, like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it my way, and, you know, obviously, you know, she started um, indie publishing at a time where it was a lot different than today, but still, like, to have the the dedication, you know, these very unique ideas, and to be able to really, like, be one of those early explorers of indie publishing, and, you know, now, like, she's, you know, has all these books out, and, you know, is very successful, you know, and it's like, I just think people forget, you know, and she talks about all the time on, um, um, Oh, six figures podcast that they do with Joel Allo. Um, it's like, I just think people forget, like you really, she says all the time, like you really have to have a real, as an indie publisher, a pretty big backlog, you know, like sometimes you might be on book seven or eight, you know, before you end up doing pretty well, you know, with sales for a certain book and then people go back, you know, and find you. That's how I find a lot of people, you know, and Oh, it's sure. first or second book and i just think people think it's going to be your first trilogy all the time and a lot of people it is but i said a lot I more you have to is.
1: set realistic expectations for sure when you start and i mean so i'm not, not saying people don't get lucky and take off Ooh, with their yeah. first one and there are plenty of who do but most don't yeah and you yeah. really you know i i went into this completely understanding like i may not make anything until yeah. my 10th book yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of the time, that is kind of how it works. Yep. And if I get picked up, I get picked up, and if it takes off, it takes off. It was meant to be, but that's not going to stop me from doing something that I love.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think if, and I think a lot of people talk about it. Um, I think the like the guys talk about a lot on um, Wizards Words and Words, um, with like Chad Hearn and those guys. I, I really like their podcast because they just talk about how like they just want to write and they just can't mm-hmm. stop writing. And
2: right. Rob J
0: Hayes talks about a lot. I'm like. I get that, you know, like I really want to finish this first book so I can then do the second, so I can do these other things. And it's like, I think if you don't like the writing process enough and love the, you know, the self-gratification, I don't think you're going to be very successful selling books. But the people that are and just enjoy the process, I think.
1: Oh, it. and don't get me wrong. Some people definitely just put books out there to put books out there. Not Yeah, because, yeah I mean, you'll have that anywhere and everywhere, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you're definitely onto something where, you know, you have to, you have to still have a love for it. Yeah. If you don't love it, why should anyone else?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Oh, so it's like, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. I totally agree. I think it's just one of those things where it's like, you either, you know, I just think you either enjoy it and you put more into it or you're just going to do it. And I just think a lot of people that I know who just do it just to do it, do, do become very stagnant and I, yes. think it, it, yeah.
1: I feel like their writing almost becomes stale. Yeah, 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 like yeah,
0: yeah. Because they don't really want to do it. You know, they're yeah. just trying to get it done. And you, can, you can
1: tell, a reader can tell. Like, yeah. I mean, especially as a reader, we read between the lines. We are taught to read between the lines. Yeah, yeah. So if we're reading it and we're just kind of like, mm, did you really want to write this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or did someone force you to? Like, yeah, I'm really yeah. confused here. And there are some books that do read like that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think, uh, you know, that's like the, I, I did have a friend recently who was like, he goes, was, was like, I want to turn down a tradi- a big traditional publishing contract. He goes, but what if it's for a, you know, like he was writing this one series. He's like, I've already written seven. He was like, what are they going to do? Like want me to write another eight. And he was like, I don't really know if I want yeah. that. And right. like, maybe if they wanted me to write like another three and buy the old ones and do whatever he goes, but they're probably not going to do that. Um, So he just brought up an interesting point that like, you know, and I've heard certain traditional uh, published authors I've talked to recently who are like, like some have done really well for some books, some, you know, they haven't sold as many uh, as, you know, the traditional publisher want, but they've still got the contract with them. And, you know, now they're trying to find something new to do. And I do think that's why hybrid publishing, um, you know, is going to be the thing in the future. Like, I think those contracts, you're going to see more and more where either 60-40 or 70-30, like Brandon Sanderson's got it. I think he has a 60-40 where, you know, he traditionally publishes, but then he can do Skyfall and, um, those kind of books um, his young adults and evil librarians yeah. and stuff like that which are his any published books um, but i think that's definitely going to be the way of the future otherwise it's like why would you give somebody you you know all of your time and energy um and
1: all of your rights
0: yeah and all your rights and it's yeah. like i just don't think that that's i don't think it's going to be feasible to
1: put college. you on it let me granted yes you have to at certain point you have to put yourself on a deadline too yeah. Yep. in yep. order in order to move forward yeah but yep. it's also like but now you're under someone else's deadline that may not be all that. It may not be something you can accomplish given your life. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, yes, for writers, but we do have
2: lives. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. A
1: lot of the time, like, you know, I was writing full-time when I could, but then, you know, when I left my marriage and I moved home and I got to get a job. So it's been like a whole nother whirlwind trying to balance it all. It's it's been interesting trying to, I'm still figuring it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Amen that uh, I say it's interesting because there's like different authors I've talked to, like and like have heard on podcasts and like like Will White's one where it's like he wasn't sure like how long the cradle series was gonna be, but he got to decide that. And you know, like I was listening to Daniel uh B. Green's podcast, and I think it was like Steven Erickson. And Steven Erickson's like, he's like, He goes, I got you know this many more books to do for the publisher, and he's like, I really want to do something else. And Right. I just think of you know some of these people it's like you know they're really successful and have made a lot of money but at the same time you know they want their freedom back and yeah you know I think it's just something for people to think about like what are your long-term goals you know like do you want more creativity with projects and your rights mm-hmm. or I'm not saying there's anything wrong with traditional publishing
1: and I think a lot of the like with traditional publishing they want you to stay within one, Not not necessarily John. Well, yeah, genre and age category. Like if you start off as a YA author, oh, you can't, you can't deviate from that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, "Yeah, but I I'm 30 something years old. I would like to write something a little more adult. Or I would like to, you know, I may be 30, but I want to write a YA. Like I don't need to have, I want to fade to black. I don't want to do explicit. Like there are, and that's the one cool thing about indie author. And you know, some people have different pen names for different things. I think that's a pain in the butt and i'm not planning on doing that yeah yeah um but yeah i totally i write adult or new adult i guess it would be more classified as that yeah, yeah. i kind of more of a thing now um and i do have why i do i don't think every storyline needs to have the explicit nature and i think it can be more sweet and more have that more intimate feel and a fate to black
2: yeah, yeah. like
1: like why is supposed to be um So yeah, so there is differently, you know, when you are self-published, you do get to have that freedom. You get to choose what, where you want to fit in and what you want to write. Yeah. You know, like I have my werewolf. I have my YA mythology angel book. I have a YA, it's not YA, it'll be new adult, but high fantasy, like there's sky's the limits. That's, you know, and like you said, I think, I feel like traditional publishing is just now kind of starting to pick that up and be like, okay, we need to adapt a little more because this is, because we can publish now on our own. We have all these platforms. We don't need, writers definitely, you know, you've got TikTok, you've got Twitter, you've got Facebook. You've got all these platforms you can promote yourself. Like publishing houses aren't as necessary as they used to be for authors, so I think authors are, you know, publishing houses are now kind of starting to pick up on that, and, like, they they do have to adapt to it, yeah, yeah, and they have to start changing their formulas, or however the heck it is that they pick up authors, you know, like how they have um, the Twitter competition every, what is it, every three months, yep. where people will post, like, synopsis, quick little clips, and an author can like it, and, you know, that's how they find some indie authors, and, I mean, that's awesome, that's smart.
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. I think a lot of it too is like now like they're trying to find people who like we're doing their work for them now you know oh like
1: yeah
0: that have a platform already that have 10,000 followers you know sold 20,000 copies and it's like but
1: then it's also bites you in the butt because some some publishers require that nowadays and it's mm-hmm. like not everyone starts off like that like yeah, you yeah, can't, yeah. like there can't just be a one-size-fits-all and there shouldn't yeah. be especially
2: in writing
0: yeah, yeah yeah I think it's a lot more difficult to do it that way Mm-hmm. um so i think we actually covered we kind of went around about way but that's totally fine I love having <laughs> a real conversation rather than a scripted one um but obviously you have a trilogy in mind for fated darkness um right. uh and then i actually like that a lot more because some people are just like oh I think i'm just gonna do one here and then go there so i think it's a lot better that way but um um yeah so so you mentioned that you know you have this big gap for book two Are you gonna have like can you I don't know if you can talk about but are you gonna have another bigger gap
2: for in between book two and book three?
1: (laughs) No, book two and three are definitely closer together. Um just because I already had that huge gap between two and one and two, which was necessary for their character development and um for so like for like the trope that I've you know kind of touched on that isn't totally like like I have the You know, Shadow of Twilight has like the pregnancy trope. Okay, I'm, I I I like that trope. It does draw me into books, but I don't necessarily like it either when there are babies involved. Like, if that makes sense. Like, I don't. I'm not reading a book to read about children. I'm reading a book to read about adult problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, which is why I also included that age gap, um, or that you know, not age gap, but that that time gap, uh, between book one and book two. So between book two and book three, it's not really necessary but you know it does there's a couple years just because of the massive shit show that ends at book two um so it does jump like two or three years um between two and three but yeah it's um it definitely wraps everything up kind of nicely with everything that's kind of progressed through one and two
2: yeah yeah
0: yeah, I just find it interesting, you know, that you had the first gap, and I just was kind of curious um, last week, like, um, you know, like how exactly you were working out your trilogy when I had seen. Yeah. it. So I just was kind of curious as you mentioned that today. So yeah, I was just kind of curious about that because I think some people are afraid of doing, you know, gaps in between different books and. I feel like okay. everybody it's like there's two a year or two in between every single book and I actually oh, like that yours well, is there are,
1: Well, there are some books that are like literally like leave right off as soon yeah, as you yeah, send the yeah, book yeah. which is cool too um but I just felt like with book two as because like I said I was writing them one and two in tandem together I yeah, was yeah back and forth between the two and I'd be writing book one I'm like oh that's really good idea for to include in book two or, or to touch on later as a flashback or whatever um but I feel like that eight that that time gap that 17 year gap between one and two really gave me good opportunity because they were younger in book one like I said they're 18 and 22 years old they're still Babies, in a sense, like they're still figuring life out. Like no yeah. one knows what the hell they want to do at eighteen. You don't even know what you want to do at twenty-two. Like I'm still thirty and I'm still figuring my life out. Yeah. Like you're always growing and, and, and evolving. So I wanted, you know, who they were in book one. I wanted to be able to show. Yes, they were there. They've got this amazing connection, and yes, they're fated mates, and yes, they've got all this going on. But what happens? in a 17 year gap now they have to deal with that together like they've both done all these things separately can they overcome those things and find their way back to each other like is that possible is that is that realistic yeah like and in Amelia's case for book two for dust to dawn she really goes through some trauma like she's been on her own she's gone through all of these experiences you know on the, essentially, on the run, and she, again, she's experienced some serious. I mean, we've got PTSD, we've got sexual assault. Like, I, I have some serious trigger warnings in *Dust to Dawn*. Okay. And while she's got all this going on, and he has no clue—Gabriel has no clue—he's just been living his life with his pack. Can they overcome those together? Like, can he accept what she's gone through, and can she accept what he's done? like so you know i wanted to be able to include that along with everything else that's going their battles you know external and internal you know who the, the bad guy they're fighting because there's always a bad guy yeah, yeah. um you know so can they do that while still facing their existential crisis um and i think that 17 year gap really gave me some awesome opportunity for those flashbacks for this is why this happened or she's going through this PTSD moment okay but why and and it brings back all these moments that he has no clue on but you as a reader kind of have touched on and you're like but this is why don't get upset like you know kind of one of those things where the reader knows that the character doesn't so I think it really gave me those awesome opportunities for uh for those moments that were really honestly fun to to write
2: yeah yeah
0: I just think you bring up a good point like I had never you know considered this like sometimes with that book two syndrome I feel like it's like there hasn't been enough time that went by to yeah. the character development like you said like some people just do right away and you're just like right there's and literally
2: nothing else I was a little
1: nervous about that though because there is such a difference between book one and book two not not even just saying the time but character wise yeah. But again, I feel like that 17 years, that time gap, it did give me a good opportunity to kind of go back in time as to why she might not be as carefree as she was in book one or why she's more reserved and not as open and she's not as mouthy and sarcastic. And Like it gave me those opportunities. I felt like, and again, it did make me a little nervous. Is the reader going to find this like too much? Is it too much time? Is it too much development? Is it too too big of a difference. But I think, and this is just from the feedback that I've gotten from like my beta readers and who have read it so far and have reached out to me, you know, they did appreciate, or that's what they've told me is they have appreciated what they've gone through and how, how it really did like strengthen them, not just together, but as individuals.
0: No, I, I I just think that personally, like it's, like, I think maybe if you did, fit, like, you know, like the, like, teen, you know, like, whatever, like, the same amount in between all three books, I think it would be a yeah. lot. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, I feel like that's like,
1: too much like, of a headache.
0: Yeah, and also, I think if you did it between book two and three, I don't know how that would work, but I like, I just like that concept of putting more years between book one and book two, particularly the younger characters, and I feel like I have one where I like the character in book one, but I didn't know mm-hmm. how to do that and i think a time a bigger time jump i think would actually help because like you know you're saying there's other things that have happened you can go yeah it
1: gave me way more source material to work with and and a lot more like scenarios to play with almost yeah yeah like i could include okay maybe she here and this this experience happened or maybe um she went through this battle and that explains why this happens and yeah so it gave me a lot more i I could play with it a lot more for sure
0: no, I, I, I personally, I think that's a brilliant idea, and it just, I just think it adds, particularly between book one and book two. I think that, I think a lot of people, again, not just going right from. And it's book funny one that
1: you say that because I never thought of like in terms of that. That's you know second book syndrome because it's so true. Like sometimes you do read book one and it was awesome, and then your book two and you're like it you kind of falls short of your expectations. Yeah, yeah. You're like well, because it usually goes. Well, what right happened it to the- all the? all the anti here and then it didn't come here but then book three is really good and you're just like like, yeah yeah, you're totally right about that i've never thought in terms of that until you said that but it's it's true and yeah i i don't i don't know what made me think i honestly it really is like the pregnancy trope that kind of made me do that time jump um but yeah that is funny that you said that because it's for a lot of i'm not every series of course but it is sometimes true (laughs)
0: Well, I just think there's so many times where I, I, I think it honestly is, I I just realized like, I want to kind of analyze and go back now and ask people, but like, like I'm wondering if it's because a lot of book ones and book twos are so close apart that maybe I'm thinking maybe the ones that I can think of a couple of like ones where I'm like, I remember people being like, oh, it's, you know, like, like Harry Dresden, it's usually like one year or a year and a half or something. Um, but some people have done, i like the book two where it's like four or five years, you know, or 10 years or something. Well,
1: and, and I, that you know, honestly reminds me of, I read the, well, it's actually right here, The Bridge Kingdom by, yeah, Daniel Johnson, Daniel Johnson, Jensen, Jensen, sorry. Um, book one, and it's, uh, she did her series literally flip-flop. Her first book was more like the character development, the character storyline, where they came from, who they are now. And book two is like, literally like, action, action, action. Like you're, you're like, Oh my God, I'm going to have a heart attack. Like like that was like super book. One was not slow, but it was definitely slower than a lot of first books are. Whereas book two was just like, I need a bottle of wine after this book. (laughs) I mean, it was great. It was a great book, but it was just very fast paced. Um, and there was definitely times where I had to pause and like, I need to reread this because I'm sure I missed something yeah, yeah like um so yeah it is funny how some some authors do change it up and it but it's exciting because you when you pick up a book you never really know what the heck you're getting into yeah, yeah, um, yeah. no matter what anyone says um but yeah that is interesting how that happens yeah for sure
0: well, I think it's like series like John F. Flanagan's like um John, Fl- John Flanagan. John Flanagan um his Rangers Apprentice series like the first one there's like Ruids of Gorland and it's like I do think a lot of series they do do that right with a lot of build-up and then there's action towards you know the middle or end but then the next book it's like there's usually a lot of action so I like how you mentioned uh for those books because that's actually a really good point that I had considered before it and I always wonder like with book one like if that is what you should do you know just to get people involved in the characters and you know, their plots and things, and then throw in some action, and then for book two, you know, kind of go, like, maybe, I always think of ways, like, how to compete with that second book syndrome, so maybe that is something to, to look at. Well, I
1: think nowadays, it's so, like, it's almost ingrained, because anytime, I mean, I don't know about anyone else, but, like, when I first started writing, you know, I was looking up, you know, how to write a storyline, how to follow a plot, like, what certain acts that, aspects are expected, what to stay away from. Like, and there's a lot of source material out there and articles and YouTube videos saying what you should and shouldn't do. And most of them do say you need to start it off right off the bat. Okay. But, but why, why is that? Why is that hundred percent necessarily like necessary? Like as far as shadow of twilight goes, my first chapter or the prologue is literally the mythology, the backstory. Like yeah. I wanted to start off, this is what my world is. This is how, this is why these characters think the way they do. And then we start into, granted, yeah, it does kind of start off a little bit, you know, right away, you know, she finds her mate, blah, blah, blah. And they go into it. But why is that always Why does that have to be an author's go-to? Why does it have to start off with immediate action? Why can't we start off by getting to know who the character is and then some existential crisis happening to them? Like, you know what I mean? So Yeah. yeah, and that is like the literally the number one thing that everyone, oh, it has to be attention grabbing. Yeah, it has to be, it has to grab a reader's attention, but does it have to be so dramatic right away? Like so action packed right away? No, I don't think it does
2: yeah yeah.
0: i always think of like wanted um with like angelina jolie um
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know where it's like like that movie doesn't start off with action Like, you're oh it's slow
1: build that, for and sure you know?
0: and i i like that i think it if, i think anything right just
1: and then literally at the end of the movie you're like almost like mind fucked it like yeah. you're like oh <laughs> like you really have to take a pause no, to think yeah, about yeah, that yeah. like I love those but even books movies whatever like where it really makes you think and you really have to like retrace your steps and be like oh like those are moments that I love and yeah, yeah. writing them out is some not always the easiest but when yeah. you get, do get to finally read those moments or watch those moments yeah they're they're rewarding for sure
0: yeah I always think like my friend he said that's probably one of the best like three acts you know pieces of writing like He's ever seen because of that. He's like this the climax, and Mm -hmm. you know, it it flips everything on the head, but then it's like you with the finish, and he was just like sometimes when you flip it on the head, it's like you don't get a good finish. And And
1: that movie definitely didn't give it get as much attention as it should have, just because the way it was written and done was honestly, it was I think it was brilliant. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not expected whatsoever.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I I do think it is harder to do with a book because like I know some people it's like like Brandon Sanderson talks about one of his friends who wrote this book and it's like he flips things you know on like page 500 out of 750 and it's like you know I guess it's like he took the the classic um like fantasy you're going on a quest trope with a lot of like these like people and characters and then he flipped it on and said well he was his friend wasn't very successful with it at the time because you know you got everybody coming in for wanting um whatever like the uh the shanara books right and right. haunting that but then he flips that on the head so he's like he goes well maybe if he had started to flip the trope at the beginning rather than the end but so i think sometimes it's really hard to do writing wise with a book but i think maybe a movie works a little bit better but that was
1: in a book you have like all the foreshadowing and
0: yeah yeah you know,
1: and you know it did, depending on what point of view you write it in that can really hinder yeah yeah I, yeah it is it can be difficult sometimes I think with writing then you know cinematology definitely has a better advantage than we do yeah, <laughs> when yeah. it comes to that kind of storyline yeah for sure,
2: yeah. yeah,
0: it makes it very interesting to think about uh, for that seventh one, uh, you already mentioned some authors, but who are some authors that like when you have read them in the past or you read them now, you're like, I have to put this book down and now go write
1: um well like I said Cassandra Clare she was really she was a big one for my YA series like she was the main reason I really started to get serious about writing when I you know took it serious back when I was like 18
2: um
1: shaping my writing uh Cinda Williams Chima I love her her books her worlds that she builds the magic systems she has I love her character how the relation the attention to detail she puts into relationships and the I just I love her writing. Tamora yeah. Pierce, I love the medieval stuff. Love yeah. her writing. Um I, I took a bit of a break from reading for a while, like in between stuff. You know, kids having kids definitely puts a put the, the pause on some things. Oh yeah,
2: yeah.
1: But um yeah, those are probably the first ones. But as I've gone on, Um, I've made a lot of friends in the writing community. Um, like I said, when I started on Wattpad, um, my first friend on Wattpad, um, her name was Wolfie. Um, she's in, she's in Belgium. She was literally my rock when I was writing Shadow Twilight. Like she was that person I was bouncing off ideas and she was writing her own. Um, I don't know if I call it a werewolf series, more of a shifter series because she's got other shifters in it. Um, but yeah, she was definitely my person. And, you know, meanwhile, while I was writing Shadow Twilight, I was going through a lot of personal stuff too. Yeah. So she was just like that person for me who was in my corner at all times, cheering me on and, you know, <laughs> really helping me work out some major plot, plot <laughs> issues that I was having when I was writing Shadow Twilight. Um, but she's an amazing writer as well. And, uh, we definitely, um, there was, once in time where i would throw her a chapter she'd throw me a chapter and we're both like commenting on each other it's like no you need oh, this cool. no you need that um so that was really fun um you know i know you've talked to chloe um yeah she's yes. amazing uh i've been friends with her for god i think it's been two years now um she was again one of the first people i met on WhatPad that we oh, cool. just kind of happened to cross paths with um i love her stories um she definitely is more of a Tamora Pierce um writer in mind for me like she definitely has more of that world building capability than I ever will
2: <laughs> like
1: her her writing is just off the charts and I love her to death um and she's definitely if I ever need a book wreck, I definitely go to Chloe because I'm like wow. I am in a rut I give me something to read I she's got it all she's got yeah, all the yeah, books
0: yeah. she has some really good ones I was like she I does. And yeah.
1: I'm I'll, I'll, like I'll pick up a new book and I'll message her and I'll be like did you read this yes and she's like yeah yes and I'm like well what haven't you read like come on yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. well that's the one um, conversation I was having where we were like discussing you know different romance and things and we just like kind of got into like a divergent path of like one of our questions and I was just like I had kind of like I was like wow I was like I didn't realize that you know these different stories are super that I, like,
1: knowledgeable like it's yeah, 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 it was cool like there's literally not a book I haven't recommended to her that she hasn't heard of and I'm like <laughs> you have a life like I know you work and everything like what are you doing yeah Like I don't know. I have. I'm like. I wish I could read as much as you did because I can't focus. Worth crap.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. I find it very hard to to read and write at the same time. Like I feel like right now I'm in a reading mood instead Mm -hmm. of writing mood. Whereas all of last year I was in a writing mood. so I I only read 18 books last year, which usually I'm at like at least 40. Um. So I think it's like I'm trying to like find a balance. I think it's kind of
1: yeah. It's hard. It's, It's the balance. I mean, between everything you know, family, work, writing, reading. It's all. It's a it's rough yeah it's
0: like, really rough. like um i was talking to a couple of different so like miles hurt um and i were talking like he's a teacher um, <laughs> like an educator in australia and right. um i talked to a lot of educators recently who are authors and like um ml spencer is one and um we were like talking back and forth for a little bit on social media and we are both just kind of like, oh my God, it's been so hard to write because of the pandemic. And it's like our jobs, it's like they're just asking us to do so much. And
1: that's the like, life value.
0: Yeah, and I'm just, my friend's a nurse and she writes and she said the same thing. And so we've all been kind of like talking about it back and forth um, in our little like writing group here. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like between that and just like life, I'm just like, keep telling myself, just keep writing. <laughs> so I've written at least something every day. That's
1: been that's a lot. Kind of, but it was just That's like, been my biggest problem, like, you know, because I was going through so much drama in my life, in my personal life, when I, I released Shadow of Twilight um, at the end of, what was it, 2019, and then last year, I came out with book two in the summer, and I almost had, like, granted, I had two-thirds of it done, but I really had to sit down and force myself to finish That's done just because my headspace, I wasn't in any sort of headspace to really write, I just had way too much going on, And but I did it. I did it. I knocked it out. I, you know, I don't know how I did, but I did it. Um, And then I, you know, I got a job. And so writing book three has definitely taken a backseat, which really sucks. And I really, I like you, like we were talking earlier, I feel like I'm cheating on it. Like I just have not given it enough tension that it really does need. Um, And I have this really, Really bad habit of jumping around in my writing. So like mm. I'll start plotting. I know that. And then, feeling. Like, and then I'll get this idea, and I'll be writing a chapter for like chapter thirty, and I'm like, this is not helping. Chapter eight, yeah. <laughs> where I'm currently at. So I've 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 been really bad with book three with that, like just jumping around, having different ideas, and going to different chapters, and so I haven't even finished plotting out book three. And I've been I'm like, I have to sit down and do this. Like I yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. And it's, but it's, it's been a mental journey for, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, trying to get there has just been, shadow of Twilight has definitely take a, taken a um, the brunt of my emotional drama. <laughs>
0: yeah. For outlining, I just know that feeling so much because it's like, I was just like, oh, I'm just gonna write this book, I'll fix it later. And I'm like, in the future, I'm like, I'm going to help future me out more than present me and like I'm just like why did I do that and like um so the um Colt actually um had her on twice uh one for February she wrote and um right before I interviewed a second time she has this great um she has some really great tools on her private channel um Mm -hmm. so she actually has this great outlining tool with post-it notes um and she color codes them so I'm actually going to be doing that um
1: yeah I wish I was that organized I just I feel like like I said, like I'm squirrel. Like I can't, I don't know what it is about me, but I just can't even think about it right now is giving me anxiety.
0: (laughs) Because You can write down your chapters, right? Like whatever you have, you can be like, okay, like, like she does like certain color coding, but like, even just like, let's say one color, right. Which is where I think I'm going to go is like, I'm going to write down what I need to happen, but like, I can move the chapters around Uh, to where i need to because that's what i need to do as personally i
1: use google docs for that like i outline i use google docs to outline my chapters um like when i was writing my YI fantasy i was really bad about jumping around and it got to the point where like i had to get to and i hate to say the word filler but like i mean yeah yeah. like you where i would get to those filler chapters and i'm like stuck because i did all the action and i've got how am i supposed to fill this in so I was really guilty, really guilty of doing that in my YA fantasy. And when I did Shadow of Twilight, I was like, I can't do that again. Because I'm literally, I'm my YA fantasy is literally stuck in book two because I, I don't know where to go. I don't know how to get myself out of the rut I put myself yeah, yeah. in. So when I did Shadow of Twilight, yeah, I started writing it. But as I was writing it, I was plotting out the rest. So like I would do like, you know, each chapter, it'd be like chapter one, chapter two, whatever. But I'd write like a paragraph. This is what has to happen in this yeah. chapter, no matter what else happens. This has to happen in this chapter. So I like literally wrote myself out a guide, and so I did that. And then I did the same thing with *Dust to Dawn*. Don't know how I did it, but I managed it. I literally plotted out 53 chapters. Oh wow! Paragraph each. This is what has to happen each chapter, and I literally broke the whole thing down. Granted, yeah, did I take away a chapter? Did I add a chapter here and there? Sure, but. I generally had a whole guide I had to go off of which is what I've been trying to do for book three but I've been jumping around again Mm. so I kind of got myself into another little bit of a rut but I am still kind of going back and working through like okay I know I need to like there are whether anyone likes it or not there are certain arcs that have to happen within a chapter that you you no matter what you write you really do kind of have to follow because there does have to be an up and there has to be downs and there has to be like a grand crescendo and then you have to kind of fade it out so you know to follow those yeah there is those that that certain wavelength let's say that has to get followed so writing out plotting book three is i'm about halfway there while also writing it yeah so I have realized like I really do have to stick to an outline like I have to physically and I can do it if I force myself to do it it's just getting to do it mm-hmm. um so yeah I really do have to I've, I've definitely taught myself what not to do what I really do have to do in order to be successful in my own writing I have to have I have to sit down write out what I want in each chapter and I can knock it out it's just you know actually doing it
0: yeah yeah <laughs> think we're all at that point in life yeah
1: <laughs> oh make me it's exhausting just thinking about it
0: yeah 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 I need a nap now like it's like, like, like yeah I did my friend was just like asked me yesterday was like how's it going I'm like don't talk to me right now like, yeah
1: exactly I don't want to talk about it let's yeah. not acknowledge it I was at I work and I was
0: like not getting home till like 10 and I was just then I got home and I started to think about it and I was like I'm just gonna do this writing character analysis thing instead just so I didn't have to deal with it that's where I'm like I I talked to Michael Fletcher about it and he was just like just sit it down for a little bit and then you know come back so I think that's what I'm going to do the next couple of weeks but I think it's I think when you get a certain point and you just like feel like a cat clawing up on like a bare wall you and you're sliding down I think you just need to take a step back and relax yeah. play a video game or watch tv or, or do something I think yeah, and
1: again, if there's that balancing act cause it is hard when you have like, you know, household responsibilities and you yeah. have work that you still have to do and yeah. to get out of that mindset and then get into like a, you know, a totally different world mindset. Yeah. It's honestly, it's exhausting sometimes. Cause yeah. like I work, I work from home and I do internet troubleshooting for an ISP and it's like, okay, sometimes I, I work till one in the morning, I work yeah. the night shift. So yeah, it's usually dead from like 11 to one, but it's like, do I really want to, can I be focusing on internet troubles and write at the same time in between calls? No, not really. My head's mm-hmm. not there. Get, so I'm just scrolling through TikTok. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, it's a different headspace, you know, like. Yeah, for sure. But it's like, I, I
1: could, I do, I could have time to write, but it's like, I'm, I can't. And for me, really writing is a mental game. Like yeah. I have to have certain music on, I have to have like I can't have kids screaming in the background. Like yeah. it's just, it is, it's a total headspace when you write.
2: Yeah.
0: Like I try every once in a while, like I've been subbing because we don't have enough people on my like prep period or whatever. And it's like, I really can't grade while like with the kids. Cause it's like, I also, it's a different headspace and I can't focus enough because every time I do, they like want to interrupt. So I'm just like, fine.
2: Right.
0: and sometimes they're chilling enough where I'm like, I might just pull up Microsoft Word and get some thoughts down, but it's like, I don't use it as an actual writing time. I'm just using it. Right. Like, like last night, I wish I had done that earlier. So I could have just relaxed when I got home, but like, I just didn't have time. And it's like, there are very few times in between where I feel like I can do, I feel like I have to come home and sit for an hour. And then almost like, it's almost like preparing to go to the gym. I feel like I, I like yeah,
1: going to do, but I have. To. I, it's true though. Like you really kind of have to like almost pep talk yourself. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Okay. This is what we have to do today. Yeah. And let's get, you know, like I said, I'm a big listener of music when I, when I write, like I have certain songs for certain scenes and oh, like cool. all that jazz and um when i wrote the big fight scene at the end of uh shadow of twilight and dusted on i have you know a couple of big fight scenes i was like really stuck i couldn't find music that really inspired me to write it and uh in our writing group robert he's like our he's he's like the daddy of the group he's he's our he's our you know he's our guru he's our mm-hmm. he's our leader. Um, and he was like, Oh, listen to this. Oh God. I have to look it up. I forgot what it's called, but it's like all this amazing, like rise and fall fantasy scores that have oh, worked, that. Like, literally clipped all together. That's and cool. like, I was like gold, it was absolute gold. And there was a certain couple, it was like probably literally 30 scores just plopped together in one YouTube video. Oh, wow. And I think it's like an hour and 20 minutes long of just, just, you know, the strings and the like, just all this music. And it was perfect. I, there was a couple that I listened to on repeat and it was just like, just set the tone and set the mood. And I was like, all right, I can do this. (laughs) I can do this. I got it.
0: Well, that's cool. I was used to listening to Lindsay Sterling's like, um, the girl with the violin who just, she's awesome. All her mixes put Mm -hmm. together. It was like, I think it was like about an hour. And I used to just listen to it over and over again. And that was like, you know, she's got different songs and stuff, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I
1: love her. She's amazing.
0: Yeah, I wish I could play anything, let alone. <laughs> my oh, I,
1: know. I know the talent. She's awesome.
0: Um, okay, so for that last one, uh, any news, updates, upcoming projects, sales, new books, anything like that?
1: Um, well, like I said, I'm working on um, the third book, uh which does have a title it's Dawn of Light. Um so that's the third and final book of the Faded Darkness series. Um I do have you know out Shadow, Shadow of Twilight and Dust of Dawn. They are out. Um I am currently working on audiobooks for oh that's cool. Um so I've got that coming hopefully I will have that coming um because I'm actually going to do them myself. Um, oh cool. So that'll be that'll be interesting and that'll be fun. There'll be some trial and error, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so that's coming. um I'm also when I do finally release Dawn of Twi- Dawn of Light, I will be doing a special series, hardcover series, cool. uh, special editions that I'm actually really looking forward to. It'll have original artwork on the covers oh, and cool. the dust jackets, and you know they'll be signed and everything. So that'll be really cool once that finally gets yeah, yeah. come to fruition. Um, But yeah, so I've got some cool things working on. Um, I am planning on finishing my YA, my first book by the end of this year. Oh, that's cool. So that'll be, that's like my baby, honestly. That that is my baby. So I'm so excited to finally get that out. Um, So yeah, so hopefully, knock on wood, 2022 will be awesome.
0: (laughs) Sounds like it. Well, after you're done with the Audible, we'll have to have you on just to talk about that experience because a lot of people have, uh, I've been talking about coming back on and talking about that. And I know a lot of people have asked me about just that in general. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm sure I can find somebody who's, you know, who's doing it and uh, yeah. talk about I mean, it. And
1: I've been, I've been watching YouTube videos and uh, I'll figure it out. I yeah, always yeah. do. <laughs> yeah.
0: YouTube's like my thing. <laughs>
1: like, it's saving grace for most things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't know how, I have to like, go get one of our light bulbs, like broke. So I have to like try and figure out how to get it out of that particular like light socket. I was like, let's uh, go to YouTube. So I went to YouTube, found a video. I was like, oh, I'll get it done tonight. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's like modern day uh, dictionary, I feel like. But <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Heather, so much for coming on. It was really cool to have you. I was so happy when uh, Chloe was like, I'll send some people your way. So it was thank awesome you. to hear from you. Well,
1: thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, of course.
0: Anytime, like I said, you know, you get, um, you know, book three done and you don't want to come on and, you know, or just want to come and chat at any point about fantasy or Romance or the two, or whatever. Like, that's awesome. I love when people want to come back. I've had a couple people like Mallory uh, Kuhn came back twice. Um, uh, my friend Mark Timony came back twice. Um, so, we have some people scheduled for spring and summer and stuff. So, it's always sure, fun come and chit chat and listen to people <laughs> besides myself. So, <laughs> I know the, the fans like that. uh again, Everybody, for tuning in, thank you so much for tuning in to Fantasy Sci Fi Fan Podcast. Again, this is going to be one of our Episodes for February She Wrote, trying to highlight female authors within uh, sci-fi, fantasy, paranormal romance, horror, uh, all that good jazz. So make sure you also check out the rest of these episodes, uh, particularly for February She Wrote. Uh, We're going to be on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, uh, audios on Spotify. Uh, We will have the new website up and running by the time you guys are on here. So if you haven't uh, taken a look at that, please go there and check out Heather's author profile on there. Uh, If you have any comments or questions or anything like that you want us to pass on to Heather, you can, again, as always, go to scholarsofuma, that's U-M-A at gmail.com, and we'd be more than happy to pass along any comments, and, you know, it's one of those things, right, where authors love when people are, like, you know, send questions or say, hey, I really like this character or this book, so.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's awesome. Love the feedback. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Well, thank you again, Heather, for coming on, and, you know, I look forward to, you know, talking on social media, and like I said, hopefully we can happy back again really soon. Okay. Absolutely. Thank
2: you. Yeah. Have a good rest of your day and I'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Bye.